welcome to a new episode of Hallback Heartbeats, a podcast all about Hallback movies. I am your host, Camille. And again, I am joined by my friend, Kayla. We will be reviewing Christmas movies together. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back from um, earlier this week where we talked about Boyfriends of Christmas Past and Give Me a Christmas Feast. Yeah, it still is a mystery to me why how people like you me and Christmas trees. I'm like, everyone is still saying that they like the movie. I'm like, hi. <laughs> yeah, I'm still sitting here going, I was bored out of my mind. I don't understand the plot line and it's fall. It felt the writing fell apart. I mean, I just didn't understand it, I guess. But whatever. Well- that is going to be Danica's last Christmas movie for at least a year, for the, at least next year, because she signed up with the other channel for like, to, it's so funny because everyone is panicking. Like, uh, like TV Live put out an uh, um, article about it saying that she jumped ship. And, I was, and I'm like, that is such a misleading article, because, I mean, misleading title, because I'm sitting there going, Oh, okay. So the rest of your article is saying that she, it was only for one year. So why did you say she's jumped shit like she's gone forever after that? One yeah, and they're year. trying to scare the diehard Hallmark fans to thinking all these actors are leaving and stuff. Um, it's I, just that, I doubt the channel is going to even last, number one. Number two, um, it's only for a year. <laughs> I mean, like, here's the thing. People are, like, so crazy. And someone was like, what's happening at Hallmark? Why is everybody leaving? I'm like, nothing is happening at Hallmark. They are thriving. They're happy. I, I told somebody this before when Laurie Laughlin joined that channel and stuff. <laughs> I was like, this is reminding me of, I don't know if you're a wrestling fan. But this I is where not. Well, do you know anybody who's a wrestling fan? Uh, my grandfather was. My step-grandfather was. He loved wrestling. Uh, so, like, back in the 90s, there used to be two wrestling promos, promotions. WWF, which is now WWE, and WCW. They used to have a team. They, they used to have one of their wrestling shows on the same night at the same time, which was Monday, Monday Night Raw and Monday Night Monday Night Raw and Monday Night Tro. <laughs> it's like <laughs> confusing. So anyway, they called it the Monday Night Wars. What, what started happening was WCW was taking was pretty much signing on all of the old wrestlers that WWE let go of. Um, which brought some of the audience from WWE to WCW. But WWE was like, okay, fine, we're, we're done with them anyway, so you can have them. And they started new talent. They started, like, you know, getting new wrestlers trained or whatever, some TV show, while the WCW kept, you know, attracting all the old talent. So that's about it. Let me put it this way. Uh, WCW did have rate spiked, you know, um, rating spike 
for like two mm -hmm. years or something like that. But there's only one company still standing, and that's WWE. So I'm using that analogy to say, how long is WWE? <laughs> I, I get your analogy, yes. Yeah, I remember yes. when I would go visit my my grand my pop. I call we called him Pops. When we go see Pops, and like if it was Monday night, like you know, he was like, "I'm watching my wrestling." Bye. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But yeah, it was like so. But the so when they when I'm saying that they're that JC is like taking the older talent that, you know, Hallmark has gotten rid of already. Um, and Hallmark is introducing new talent. That's why I'm saying Hallmark is a WWE and she, the other channel is WCW and there's only one left standing now 20 years later. So I'm not worried. <laughs> At all. Anyway. That is all that we're going to be talking about that channel. If you guys want to yeah. talk, if you guys want to talk about that other channel, y'all can there's y'all can go listen to the other podcasts. Um, it's so but fun. We will not be talking about it or watching those movies here. <laughs> yeah, because we're LGBTQ Alex. Yes, and we're also Black Lives yeah. Matter. Yeah, I was about to say we're Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Sid, the first movie we are going to be talking about is the Santa Stakeout. It stars Tamara Mowry Housley. Her name, her character's name is Tanya Morris, even though like undercover her name was Tasha. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, it also starred Paul Campbell. Um, his character's name was Ryan Anderson, even though undercover, he, uh, he was called Rupert. And um, big movie name, movie star name was also in this movie, Joe Pantol Pantaliano? Pantaliano? I think he's Italian, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping I'm getting it right. But his name was, his, um, his character's name was Francis Miller. And I am just gonna like create my own synopsis of this movie because my phone is all the way over there and I do not have the official synopsis <laughs> of this movie. But it's like these two cops, you know, one is a rookie cop and one is a detective who like goes undercover because, you know, they hear about this art sting thing where there's like somebody stealing different art pieces all over town or whatever so they have a suspect which is Francis Miller who has who's played Santa in all of these you know events where they steal the art was stolen mm -hmm. or whatever and yeah they go undercover as a married couple Tasha and Rupert I love this movie this is I this was comedy Yes, this was, I, I laughed. Yeah, definitely. Yes, and it was like, I honestly feel like um, it has, it really was so good for 
Paul and Tamara because they had like they they brought the comedic chops. It was it wasn't even like overtly funny thing, but they would like have these like little funny moments where if you miss it, you know, if you, if you are not looking for it, you miss it kind of thing. It's so hilarious. Like one of my favorite comedic moments was um, when they were at the dinner scene or whatever, and, um, I think it was Paul, I mean, Tamara was like kind of, Tasha was kind of telling the story of how Rupert proposed to her, you know, and she was going extravagant over it or whatever. And so like Rupert stopped her and one of the neighbors was like, oh, you guys seem so perfect together. And Tasha was like, yeah, we finish each other's. And there was like this long pause because, you know, you usually expect your partner to say sentences, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what happens. And like, Rupert totally did not say it. He, he was eating it out of his business. So Tasha had to elbow him and he was like, what? <laughs> he was like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it, they, they brought in some, they were able to like get closer and actually bring parts of r- their real life Christmas memories out, like the eggnog and the hard eggnog because uh the eggnog that i'm used to drinking is completely alcohol free because i can't <laughs> drink but um yeah so i just love how like um what was it called i thought people were like oh i i, I want to do a romantic christmas movie storyline where like you know the girl comes back home from wherever from a big city and falls in love with her like childhood best friend or her boyfriend or whatever so I'm like this is this is Hallmark like going no we are not doing yeah this this was refreshing to see this this plot line like yeah there was still the romantic stuff that was at the end of the movie but like it was just refreshing to not see the old rehash storyline over and over and again and um i really i really like the fact that they're they're changing things up some yep and um, i also liked the fact that the guy that you thought was the bad guy wasn't the bad guy yes that That was was a good plot twist that was a yes because um like joe Francis was the one. I felt so bad for Francis. I felt horrible for him because this guy, you know, is a really nice guy. I also he loves Christmas. Yeah, his nickname was Mr. Christmas. He was like, you know, he was a widower, right? Huh? He was a widower. He did. He lost his wife. Yeah, and he had a he had a um, criminal history in the back before of like theft or whatever spent his wife you know changed his life kind of thing and you know he had been out of jail for a long time and he'd been like they said in the beginning of the movie a model citizen and like all throughout the movie you kind of fall in love with this guy because he he's, all you see is he's so good and he's so innocent and he, he's like you know inviting his neighbor, neighbors over and like you know, helping them out and stuff. And we find out later that he was helping to 
build, renovate a house for a family who wouldn't be able to afford it and give it like a former convict like himself, a second chance that nobody else was gonna be able, you know, that he was having a hard time, you know, himself finding or whatever. And he was like a genuine good guy, but like <laughs> the, the his past made him a suspect, you know? And the girl, the woman who we find out later was the actual uh, thief, she was his boss, I guess. She was the person who was sending him to these jobs. Mm-hmm. And he was the one, and she was the one who, um, you know, took advantage of her, of his history as a criminal. I was like, okay, maybe have him do these jobs, make him be the suspect and people won't know at all it's me kind of thing, which almost worked. Thank God it did not. But poor yeah. guy ingenious plot twist i mean i would have never thought like in the past i don't think that plot twist would have, have happened they would have just had this guy with this past be the bad guy but, but i was just like that's ingenious that's that's see this was this was well written this was well done and, and so yeah that's probably one of the main the chemistry between paul and tamara and then the plot twist the way it was written was probably the two main reasons I love this movie. I, I just love the comedy. The comedy was hilarious. I mean, they were doing like the charades where he's like jumping up and down <laughs> as a snow angel. And I saw someone, someone tweeted out that, um, you know, because um, Francis kept getting packages from like UPS or whatever. Someone, so someone was saying that, Oh, because all of I'm getting my Amazon orders or whatever. I must be suspect too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then all the neighbors were there too and stuff. The neighbors were fun. I, I have to say that the neighbors, I was thinking it was one of the neighbors. So the neighbors were like a bit iffy. <laughs> I also liked that um, at the end, uh, he kept the house, like, he kept renting the house. I know. Um, yeah, I was like, you know, he could have just hang it up and go back to his normal life, but he didn't. And he's like, I really like it here and kept renting the house. I know. That is so cute. And then, um, what's his name? <laughs> All of the little things that I just I there was so many little things that was going on in this movie it was so hilarious one thing that I wanted to point out is okay so they went to the house not at first as undercover they were just there for surveilling right they were just because Francis's house was right next door they were just looking out the window or whatever what what triggered them to go undercover was Tanya got locked out of the house, right? And then, so Ryan locked her out. And she goes and starts yelling at the door, pounding at the door, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. And then the neighbor comes and catches her or whatever. And I laughed so hard because the neighbor probably heard the girl saying over and over again, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan at the door. But when they introduced, 
to introduce themselves, she changed the name to Rupert. So I'm sitting there going like, <laughs> you could have at least kept the name Ryan. You were standing on the porch for the past five minutes yelling his name while the guy was standing there. And, and um, then when um, they're, they're singing Christmas carols or something and his badge falls out of his pocket. And she belts out in song. I was like, yes, finally. This is the girl that we know from middle school. <laughs> so, yeah. For those Let who her don't use know, her talents, yes. For those who don't know, research Tia and Tamara on YouTube, sister, sister, whatever you want to call it. They also did quite a few movies for the Disney Channel. Too. Yeah. Twitches, Twitches 2. Her brother, the brother which are appropriate to watch too. this time of year. <laughs> do they still do? Do they still? I haven't. I, it's I on Disney, Disney Plus. Channel. It's on Disney. Yeah, but Plus. I mean, like, is it on like the actual Disney Channel? That just I don't Disney know. Plus? I don't know. I I haven't seen. Uh, I don't. I don't focus focus is also my regular Christmas. I mean, Halloween movies. Yeah. But yeah. Twitches and Twitches 2 was like more good movies with the two sisters. Yeah. But I want a Tamara and Tia Christmas movie. Oh my that would be movie. that would be awesome. Yeah. That would break the internet, general <laughs> generate Jet X, all of the people that are aged. What are we? Gen X and millennials. Yeah, we I'm, all, a, I'm a millennial. Like, <laughs> we'd all break the internet. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We're having a sister sister reunion and stuff, but yeah, I, you know what's so funny is like for so that's the only the mole that Tamara had was the only way that I knew which of the sisters was it was because Tamara had the mole and Tia did not. I don't know if Tia if Tamara still has the mole, but yeah, that was the only way I knew who was who. Um, Anyway, any more about that movie that you want to talk about? Not really. I mean, I just, I, I thought it was a, a differently written movie, especially with the, the plot twist and the way they did the, the comedy and, and everything. It was, it was different and, and I like I liked seeing that. I do have to say that the fake snow, they, they're doing digital snow now for I, like I, the scenes. I noticed, I mean, I guess it's because I, I do a lot of editing and graphic work and I'm sitting here going, dude, you can't do something to make it look real. Like, I know you're filming in like August in the middle of a heat wave, <laughs> but seriously, there's things that make this look more legitimate than this fake CGI crap. Okay, sorry. But it, I, it, look, it did look like, you know, one of those TikTok um, special <laughs> effects that you get. On. Yeah, I, I, I could tell. I mean, I was like, that's definitely computer generated. <laughs> but yeah, there was, um, I, this was, I hope, I, there's actually a call for this to become a series, like a Hallmark movie semester series, which I would totally watch. I would, as long as it stays comedy and it's like the, the, uh, the whole mood of it 
stays the same, I would totally be for it being a series because it's so hilarious. Also, for those who have who uh, you know are skeptical about you know Hallmark TV ratings, um, this was the highest rated movie on Sunday night for cable. So number eleven. It's pretty good for a Sunday night. Yeah, number 11 for cable ratings. So, awesome! Woohoo! Killing it. <laughs> anyway. Yep. It okay. was this, um, before we go to the next movie, this was like my because three out of the, the, the third one out of the four movies that I, because the reason why I say that is because I love Boyfriend's Christmas yep. Past and the movie we're about to talk about more than this one so this is like far far from number four though like it's closer to top (laughs) this is like the top three are so close with each other that there really is barely any difference and then there's there's number four on the opposite end of the (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but no um i agree but how many stars would you give us out of five i say about four Really? I I would give it like three and a half. I like the um the comedy was good and the uniqueness of the storyline and the chemistry. But um yeah. I'm happy though that homework is like branching out to comedy and not just romance and love and whatever else. <laughs> it's hilarious. This is really good. Yeah. Okay. So next movie. This is like three pages of <laughs> those. <laughs> um, no. It was oh oh it was a beautiful movie. Um Christmas in my heart was just breathtakingly beautiful. Oh my god. Christmas in my heart was, perfection. I don't know. I, here's the thing. I listened to my friend's podcast, Dear Hallmark, and she is, I believe, the only or like one of the few podcasts for Hallmark that is Black. And I usually don't promote other people's podcasts or whatever, but you guys like need to go listen to her to really get the full impact of the conversation um, with the grandmother and the granddaughter about the black girl's hair. Because neither of us are black. We can only talk about it really from an outsider's perspective. But yeah, neither one of us could probably do do justice to that. But I've listened to what she said and I, I sat there watching that scene with the grandmother asking her what she wanted to do with her hair. And I was like, and then she was like, you just be yourself, you know, even if you know, she's like, I wanted to look professional. And just, she's like, grandma's just like, just be her, be yourself. And she's talking about her hair being, if you want to wear it natural, just wear it natural. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen a conversation like this about natural black hair in a Hallmark movie before. Yeah, here's I was the thing. This is brutally impressed by it. Something people don't understand, and people maybe in denial of, I don't know, or 
close-minded about, is that Eurocentric features have been for centuries looked at as the standard of beauty. That means straight hair, um, sometimes blonde, fairer skin, that kind of thing, right? Black girls is the total opposite. Their natural hair is usually like kinky and, um, you know, their, their hair is, their natural hair is looked at as unprofessional, which this movie kind of addressed where she said, I want my hair slicked back because it looks more professional, which usually means, which implies that her natural hair is not, you know what I mean? That's why the grandma yeah, was like, who told you, who told you that? Social media. But um, this is, people don't realize that it's still legal for some, in some states to discriminate against black people's hair, natural color, natural hair. Yeah. Um, it was only just made illegal. Like they only just passed laws in some states to make it illegal to discriminate. So that means that all this time until like maybe in the past two years, it was legal to discriminate all 50 states. You know what I mean? And, and it's just absolutely horrible considering how far we've come but how far we still need to go yeah. with that yeah. um but yeah i thought it was beautiful and, and this little girl like okay this little girl like for one i've brought it up before i was raised by my dad so i i saw part of myself in her because she had a single father um and he's trying to just be a good dad but he's famous. Not just that, but I want to point out something. He's she's biracial, but black, presenting black. Yes. He's white. There's a small scene where she says to her dad in the garage, I feel like I relate to my mom more than I relate to you. And I feel bad about that because you're here and she's not. She passed away earlier um, in like at least three years before the movie. Yeah, uh, he said he says it's like something like three years. Yeah. Yeah. They did not say it in the movie, but the I am assuming the main reason why she does not relate to she relates more to her mom than her dad is because her mom is black. She's black. There, as much as we want to say that we don't see color, as much as we, as we want to say love is love has no color, whatever, whatever, there is a difference really that you cannot relate to with your child if you're not racially the same, if that makes sense. So it, make, it makes sense. It makes sense. You know um, what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, I, I talk about it. I'm going to talk about it as a Filipino girl that was raised by a Black family. Um, I love my family. I love my parents. They're, they are wonderful. They are great. They are beautiful. I don't regret my childhood. But there, 
is always good. There was always a disconnect between me and my family in the sense that they don't know my culture. You know what I mean? They don't know Filipino culture. And I really didn't get to learn my culture until I grew out of foster care and was and moved back with my biological parents. I love my foster parents. I got to learn from them and I got to understand from their point of view and I got to be immersed in the Black culture as much as I could be. Um, but there's still that disconnect in a way because they are not Filipino and I wasn't really fully able to embrace that. So I guess in that sense, I can relate because yeah, love is love, love has no color. You can love your child who looks nothing like you, but there's still gonna be some discussions, some topics that you cannot relate to. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You're not, of their race. I, I, I get that. And like, luckily, this little girl does have her, her maternal grandmother. Yes. And the grandmother goes her, to the to the to the dad. And is, she's like, she notices the differences. And, yep. and you need to talk to her, you know. Yep. And the, the grandmother pointed it out to him that he needs yep. to, to talk to her about it. Okay, before we go further, let's talk about the, I want to list the cast members. Luke McFarlane, um, I love him. He's awesome. He's great. I like high, high praise, nothing wrong with him. He's a wonderful actor. And I honestly cannot wait till this man plays a gay man on Hallmark. The guy has been playing straight all this time. And I feel like, like, let the dude be gay. Okay. <laughs> He's He's, he's out. He's out and proud. He's been out and proud for almost a decade. I feel like he's really the only person, I think, I mean, I don't know. But yeah, let him be gay, Hallmark. <laughs> um, he plays um, Sean Gray, who is country music artist. Heather Hemmings it played Beth. She's a professional violinist. And I, we will be talking about her a little bit more. Cheryl Lee Ralph is Grandma Ruthie. That is the maternal grandmother who um, helps raise Katie, the little girl. And then Maria Nash is the, um, played Katie Grant. So that's the little girl. That's uh, Sean Grant's daughter. Did we get Sean's manager? Yeah, I didn't get his name. Did you get his name? Hash? No, I didn't. Harish, Hamish, Hamish. Yeah, but he his manager is um in the movie is Jewish. Yeah, and they they bring up the Hanukkah um plotline in the in the midst of this Christmas, which I thought was beautiful. Yeah, and um, I I just feel like I put this up on Instagram stories. I there is a say that says. It takes a village to raise a child. And Katie's village is very diverse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She got her grandmom, she got her daddy, and then she got her best, her dad's friend, her uncle. <laughs> yeah, she calls him her, her uncle, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Hirsch, that's his name, Hirsch. Hirsch, yes. Yeah, so, um, anyway... 
but he's Jewish and he he brings in that yeah, he brings in her Hanukkah gifts oh what else yeah. but that's another eight nights of Hanukkah and for each night you get a gift or what else one gift so her first night gift of Hanukkah was drumsticks um, drumsticks and like the second night was the drum set <laughs> like <laughs> like eat, eat like different pieces of the drum set I'm assuming that yeah. like well uh, you know throughout the eight days there's like a different drum set that's on <laughs> there that she makes or whatever but yeah he um so she at least gets that diversity in her life as well it, I want to talk about Beth and her relationship with Katie. Uh, Beth is like top-notch violinist um, or whatever. She's also biracial. So she is, I, I don't think it would be a stretch to say like the older generation of Katie, like the future of Katie. Because mm-hmm. in a way, because her story is very similar to Katie, where her mom died as well. Her dad is white, you know, and stuff like that. And, and then know, there's the music aspect of yeah, everything. Both play violin and stuff. So anyway, um Sean and Beth met a at a music store where Sean was trying to get like some music sheets for his daughter who was playing violin and needed practice for a musical recital. Beth was there, so he helped, she helped him. Um, Sean, I guess, got her phone number for violin lessons. And at first she rejected it like, oh, I'm too busy or whatever. But Katie was like, no, come. I need violin lessons because she got a hold of his phone. And anyway, she came. That's pretty much the beginning of Beth, Katie, and Sean's relationship. I have to say another thing that I got emotional in was when Katie was telling Beth that when she was looking on YouTube for the top violinists, you know, to look up to or whatever, mm-hmm. she didn't have anyone that looked like her. So when she saw Beth doing her performance with the quartet or whatever, it was like, oh, there's someone who looks like me. And that's why I tell people all the time, representation is so important. Because it's not for yourself, it's for your next generation, because the next generation is just looking for someone to, you know, inspire. And if there's no one that looks like them, then they're going to be like, they, they might feel discouraged. And I get it. There are people like Beth who's like, oh, you know, make your path, make, you know, be the first or whatever. Somebody's got to be the first. But a lot of people, are not like that, who they need someone who kind of, you know, looks, looks like the same. That's why I get so angry when I hear people say stuff like, oh, LGBTQ should not be on the show they, or on the movies or whatever, or they should, these people should get representation or whatever. I'm like, you, 
absolutely get representation. There's a whole new generation where it's more open than ever and accepted than ever. And they need to see their culture in movies and in TV shows, or they won't be able to accept themselves and be able to live the life that they deserve. I want how much to do that. I want how much they take the next step to also do a disabled person. Yes, absolutely. Agreed. But yeah. (sighs) But yes, you guys do never say like representation doesn't matter, diversity doesn't matter because you, number one, usually those people who have that thought process never for never really was lacking it in the first place like <laughs> you know what I mean the other thing several things else that stood out about this movie um you know Sean I guess was starting to have feelings for Beth but he was scared rightfully so I think because you know he's I guess I mean, people might say that three years is enough time to, you know, move on or whatever, but also at the same time, no, there's no time. Everyone grieves on their own time. We've talked about this on the other podcast. This exact thing has just made its appearance. Um, But the thing is, everyone grieves on their own time. So uh, there's no set time frame for uh moving on from losing your spouse and this movie shows how they all these different characters were dealing with the grief of losing one person across multiple generations because you know older generations don't grieve the same as the younger ones do yeah so i really loved that aspect as well well um Sean, like, I guess, kind of talked to Grandma Ruthie about it. And one thing that she said to him is, you can't just be here. You have to live here. Yeah, you know, like there's a, not just live like this is my house and this is my address kind of thing, but actually have a life. You know, enjoy the outdoors or, you know, go out on dates or whatever. Because I guess um, Sean was a recluse all this time for three years in that big farm. Did she say like 150 acres? Yeah, it had a lot. I mean, they're in the middle of West Virginia for one. So that's like the hills, okay? Um, Just, yeah. And then he's 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 a recluse because he lost his wife, but he was also actually a famous country singer. Yeah. So he's trying to hide from his fame too, and just make sure his daughter has some form of a normal life. That's what got on my nerves too. I, I did. I am glad that they yeah they actually showed this, but you know when he went to Beth's concert. There goes the paparazzi trying to take a picture of him and the little girl. And I, like, unless you saw it, you didn't, you would have missed it. But um, he did, like, you know, try to cover his daughter and try to protect his daughter mm-hmm. and stuff from it. But, uh, I mean, it's just, 
there's this video on TikTok right now. Um, I don't know of Maroon Five, Adam Levine. Adam Levine. And this fan jumped up on the stage and started like it just grabbed him and hugged him or whatever. The security tried, you know, like pulled her off, and then he like had this ugh reaction. A lot of TikTokers were like, a lot of people in the comment section were like, oh, he's overreacting, or what What did he expect? He's famous. He shouldn't have reacted like that, or he's good. He is hard. on stage performing. That there's a, there's a divide. Yes. And also, like, he doesn't want to be touched, and he has a right to not be touched. Just and we're in the middle of a pandemic with a virus that if yeah. you touch someone, can transfer it. Yeah. And it's not just that, but I mean, it's like people, people seem to think that when you're in the public eye, you are, your rights are, are, are okay to be violated. You're okay to be violated. You asked for this. You're part of the public eye. I can do this to you or whatever. So like, they still have rights to their personal lives. Yes, they're humans. I mean, that, that's one thing that creeps me out about the paparazzi and stuff. When they take like personal pictures or they take like pictures that you you can tell should not be in magazines or whatever, it like perpetuates this idea that just because you're in the public eye, you have no right to uh, yourself. Yeah, I mean, how would these people feel if that was done to them? I'm pretty sure they wouldn't like it too much. Okay. Yeah. That's what I always say, put yourselves in someone else's shoes to see how it, like, just, yeah. Um, So I understand why he was so hesitant, because he wanted his daughter to feel normal. Um, And to protect her from paparazzi, like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There was another thing, and I saw this comment on the the groups, was, like, he obviously spoke with an act in this movie, and they like they were complaining he didn't do it very well but i'm sitting here going i sound like that i lived out here in the south where i, I i'm around all these rednecks and <laughs> white I trash. like i sound like that <laughs> he's actually canadian yeah so he's a canadian trying to fly out with an accent i think he's done quite well he's from ontario canada but I thought he did a phenomenal job. I mean, this is a Southern, I'm a Southern girl and I'm around people who totally like that all the time. So yeah. when I say this, I say, I think he did a phenomenal job trying to do a uh, American Southern accent. Yeah, especially for a Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> I mean, dude. Also, um, Luke, if you are listening by any chance, if you are listening, which probably no chance you're listening um you need to release that music you need to release that song that you sang in the movie <laughs> so we can hear it you know we could buy I mean, it here's the thing like i am a huge country music fan like that's what i listen to okay so like that was another thing like i know this genre i grew up with it and i still listen to it so to say it was funny when Beth was like, "What is it? My wife, my my dog." Uh, yeah, my- no, there's a 
the country music has a thing. It's, it's about trucks and cheating and and my dog, my truck, my woman. My dog, yeah. Um, and the modern stuff is. I mean, I don't listen to modern country by any means, but um, I do love the '90s stuff. So. That, that's, that's where still, I grew that's up. That's still modern, okay? <laughs> uh, not compared to the new stuff. The new stuff isn't even country. Yeah, but... Yeah, but it, the 90s... If you say that 90s is not modern, that makes me even old feel older. I know, but okay. it's not, okay? <laughs> it's not ancient. It's not ancient, because, you know, I'm, I was born in... 89 um but it's what i grew up listening to but that's just the kind of stuff i grew up with so i um i'm just saying that that i was like i really like that but you know i like the fact that he he finally built a recording studio in his barn i was like dude you have like 150 acres you can't (laughs) you you don't have a recording studio understand that i was sitting there going like you have 
I also did like that they had gospel music in the churches. Yeah, I I thought that that was a good um, thing because gospel and country are kind of linked to each other anyway. They do. Um, they are. There's a very direct correct correlation between um, country and gospel music. So I mean, it's what I grew up with. So yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of like. Um, there's a lot of gospel music that have been made into country music kind of thing mm-hmm. and stuff. So, but yeah, and um, so like one of my favorite, it's just, there's, there's a lot of correlation to black gospel music. And I don't wanna like say it's like a race thing or whatever, but it, it is. <laughs> it is, yeah. Black gospel music does not sound the same as white church music. <laughs> yes. Absolutely loved the movie. It was perfection. I, oh, Jesus, I cried so much in this movie. This is, it's going to be hard to like top this one. To be I agree. With you. It, it, I was telling my friend, Dara, I was like, this movie would not have happened at all if Wanye Lucas, who is the current CEO of Hallmark, was its CEO. Absolutely agree. Especially the discussion about Black girl hair, Black girl um, this uh discrimination with the black girl hair etc none of that would happen i mean you guys need to go listen to dear hallmark that's my friend i love her to death she's black and she can tell you in a better way number one the cultural significance of black people hair number two how it, it impacted her you know, hearing the words corals and, you know, braids and stuff, those kind of things. It's just, y'all need to go listen to it. Not going to lie to you. I, I don't like peddling other podcasts, but you guys really need to listen to that one and um, talk to her about, listen to her uh, podcast. Um, the other thing that I do want to talk about is the very end when they had the concert and the they the girl was um got nervous and was alone or whatever and then like beth and sean joined her on stage i thought that was sweet that they did that and cheryl lee ralph who is a broadway actress so she can sing got up and joined them and sang as well we wish you a merry christmas which was really cute it gave me a little bit of sound and music vibes <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um you know okay so my question to you is country versus classic which one was your favorite personally like like the music wise yes are you a country fan or i well i've been exposed to both of them i mean obviously i grew up listening to country music uh but I had, I mean, I was learning how to play classical violin. So yeah. at one point in my life, I believe me, I have no, I no memory of how to do it. 
okay uh my musical abilities have faded uh over time especially from like i might seriously my dad bought me a guitar because my dad plays guitar my dad bought me a guitar for christmas one year it's still sitting in the stand at my parents house (laughs) and my dad told my dad said look you can play it you know how your guitar is over 40 years old at this point play the new one <laughs> oh my god that is too funny no yeah. we have um but i i used to play the flute and the piano and yeah classic music was like my well thing. no like like it plays between because like my dad likes listening to like npr and stuff like yeah. that and so they play a lot of you know classical music yeah. And and so there was always that. Plus, um, I went to a liberal arts college, so the music program was kind of like huge. Oh, that's about it for this one. Um, how many stars would you give this one? Uh, four and a half to five. I I, I don't really want to say it was. I, I love it. It was, in my opinion, the perfection of, of everything. But I. I have trouble truly giving it five. So maybe not even four and a four and a, maybe four and like point eight. Five minus a smidge. Yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's a little smidge lower than five. Like four, four point eight. I give it like all of the stars. <laughs> I can't even. No, I mean, like, I wanted this podcast to highlight diversity. I wanted to highlight and celebrate the steps Hallmark has taken when it comes to diversity. This, this, this is on my media kit. You've seen my media kit. Because I had to make one for the art other podcast. Yeah, <laughs> like, what the world? It's like literally the top of my media kit. That this podcast is to highlight the diversity in Hallmark and the steps it has taken to do that. And this is the epitome of exactly what my podcast is supposed to do. This is like, I feel like, yay, (laughs) mission accomplished. This is perfection. Like what, this is exactly what I I started my podcast for is to highlight diversity and you just and i was just expecting you to like finally add black people and people of color in your movies but no you went like a step further and just blew me away to the point where i'm like whoa how wait what (laughs) did that just happen because it went from a whitewashed channel that barely recognized people of color and always relegated them to best friend concierge roles to like, we are gonna talk about black people. We are gonna not only talk about black people, but we are gonna- But the culture that's shown in the movies, yes. And And talking about hair. talk about discrimination and we're gonna like you know we're not, gonna not talk seeing about, yourself like, and in, say in, the in names but we're gonna like you know highlight it and i'm sitting there going dude this is that you went from you what i've been asking for and sort of been advocating for for myself in this podcast 
and not just did that, but like, boom, <laughs> like, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just like, Dara said it best when she said, never, ever, ever did I think this movie would happen. Never, ever did I think that I would hear these words. Never, ever did I think that. And several um, Black people on Twitter and on Facebook, et cetera, have that same reaction to Christmas in my heart. So, and I'm not even, and I'm not even Black and I can't even, and I didn't. I'm impressed by it. So I was, I, I literally, I, I can tell you this story. I was watching the movie and I'm sitting there. Um, um, I was watching it in my bed and I'm sitting there and this, that scene with the grandmother doing, talking about the hair comes on and I'm like, am I watching a Hallmark movie? <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, and I actually started clapping and going, yes, that's exactly what I need to be seeing in these movies. Uh, so uh, I was really cheering for that scene. I know, it, it, but the thing about it is, it's just—it's it, not even just that scene. It's like they—they they did little bits of pieces all throughout the film that was and still. Part think of about it, like the angel, the Christmas angel. Hello. This little girl had never seen herself in the tree topper that was on top of the Christmas tree. Okay, my. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send my mom this podcast, especially since I'm talking about her a lot. I don't know how much I love her. <laughs> my foster mom. When we were little, all of the angel toppers were like bl- blonde and white. Mm-hmm. Yes. My foster mom bought a white angel, and she painted the angel black. And stuff. So every year, it was uh, her. Um, and also, she had, but she didn't have the angel that had black hair. <laughs> but uh, so every year, she did have uh, um, angel that was black to. Because I mean, it, it's weird to have a white Christmas angel topper if your family is black. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, you know. But um, so. I, I can relate to that angel storyline as well because, yep, that's what my mom and my But, yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, yeah, I mean. For, it makes sense. It makes sense. Girl, why haven't there been black angels or, you know, Asian angels or Hispanic, whatever, you know, dolls for people? I mean, here's the thing. you If you're going to – angels – no, I'm glad that like they're going. No, we are not putting a white angel up on the tree. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, um. And also, did you notice that the angel also had braids? Yes, I did notice that. I thought it was uh, beautiful. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just this movie was. It's gonna be hard to like any. I know there's like, you know. 30 something more movies for us to discuss, but I don't think the next nine, 10 weeks, we're going to see something that tops this. Not even, not even close. Not even, not, I mean, I don't know how it could be better. 
especially when it comes to diversity, it comes to topics like definitely this. something I'll be rewatching for years to come. I don't think it's a stretch to say this is perfection. But I, don't but I, I did relate to the little girl connecting with her dad and 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 not. I mean, I my I have my mom. My mom's in my life. She's you know alive. But she wasn't around as much when I was a little girl. Yeah. Um, I had my female um, role model was my grandma, my paternal grandmother. And um, so have her being, and then of course my stepmother. Um, but having my bio mom for a while, that disconnect was there. I mean, we've connected yeah. more now that I'm an adult than I did when I was a kid, that's for sure. So. Yeah. I related to that little girl in the way that, you know, she only had her dad kind of deal. I related to that. You see, like, that's the way we, we talked with Catherine um, and that conversation came up where even though this movie was definitely diverse, I mean, we're talking Boyfriend's Christmas Past, I could relate to it with the, the dad and her because I yeah. lived it. Yeah. So I think again I felt that again and, and I love seeing them show that more because it's more common than you think yep anyway okay so that's it for this week's podcast uh y'all this is um a lot this week god have mercy okay don't we need to just talk about what we're going to be doing next week yes yes um so the the Hallmark movies that are coming out this weekend, um, October 29th, the movie is called Christmas in Harmony, uh, starring Ashley Murray and Luke James. Luke James is a Broadway music star. He's currently on Broadway right now called Thoughts of Colored People or something. I have never heard of Ashley Murray. <laughs> but, but it does star um, Loretta Divine. So if you're a Grace Anatomy fan, that, that they would look This great. movie is going to, again, highlight gospel music. Black uh, gospel. Black gospel music. It's a whole block. Some of it on Twitter today said Harvard has a history of hiring light-skinned Black people. I didn't even tell her she's wrong because I was like, yeah, I did a whole podcast about it. Because <laughs> you're, I, I 100% agree with you. But like, here's a whole movie full of dark chocolate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, it, it also stars Loretta Devine and Michelle Williams, so from Destiny's Child. Yes. So actors who are really talented vocally. <laughs> so, um, those are, so actually two of the three Destiny's Child members are on Christmas movies this year because Kelly Rowland I was about to say really- one of them's not Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would be surprised if Beyonce having <laughs> a Christmas movie. But um, Kelly Rowland is also doing Merry Little Christmas on Lifetime. So anyway, 10.30, um, October 30th is Coyote Creek Christmas. That is the one starring, um, what is that? Janelle Parrish and Ryan Pavey. 
So that's a fun one. And uh, both are Asian too, even though Ryan doesn't play Asian or look Asian. But <laughs> um, that's and if the ten thirty one is Christmas sale, and that stars Katie something. Jesus, what is her name? I can never get these people's names. I know Patrick Sabongui. <laughs> I, I, I am probably screwing up his name too. And Katie Sackoff. Katie Sackoff, as in the legend, geek legend from Babylon 5. <laughs> or yeah. Stargate. Stargate. Sorry, my brain is fried. Stargate, yeah. let's do one. Yeah, she did an interview with another podcaster this week. And the, they titled the podcast From Sci-Fi to Hallmark. And I'm like, I have never heard of this woman. So I guess I don't qualify. Yeah, um, maybe because I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, <laughs> like Big Bang Theory. She was in Big Bang Theory episode. And they highlighted her love. Their, how men near in our culture loves it. Katie Sackhoff. Uh yeah, so there's a whole episode about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I isn't Patrick Duffy in an ep, uh, movie this weekend? Yes. Um, don't remember which one. But and then um, oh, oh no, ten thirty. That the Hallmark movie and mysteries Christmas pro- um movie. For next week, it which airs on sat, um, Saturday the thirtieth is um, Christmas Promise, and that does star Patrick Duffy. That also stars Tori DeVito and Dylan Bruce. I know Tori did a Hallmark movie last year, um, but I don't know her past roles. I don't know Dylan Bruce's past roles either. And Patrick Duffy, I know him from Step by Step, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was also on uh, Dallas. Yeah. But the, the newer Dallas, not the old Dallas. No, the old Dallas. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought he looked too young to be I'm in the old Dallas. Yep, the old one. Anyway, I'm excited about this. I it's and of course there's no Sunday night movie because Sunday night is Halloween. Yeah, that's 10:31. That that's the Christmas sale one that I said, which was oh, Christmas um, sale. Uh-huh. Patrick Sabelgui and okay. Katie Sackhoff. God have mercy on Jesus. I hope and pray I am not screwing up anybody's name. <laughs> I screw up people's name all the time. I just am reading the way it's spelled. I don't speak any of these people's languages. <laughs> no, you, you got her name right. That's for sure. Um, so uh, um, in the midst of the fact that I will be on vacation the next three days um, and Halloween, we will definitely be discussing these. <laughs> Well, I mean, how much procrastination are we going to do? <laughs> we, have, we have to get the podcast out next week, too. But, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, um, I will be releasing this first before 
Catherine. So this is the very next podcast that you will be hearing from us is. But yeah, our interview with Catherine was beautiful and she is such a sweetheart. So yeah, she's loved having her. Love having her on. Bad shock that um, she she had a resident leg. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that is she, something I didn't know. Okay. Um, for those of you probably know that there's a connection. You can see my poster hanging over here on the back on the wall over here. Uh, we do do another podcast called for the TV show The Resident, and Catherine read for a role that she didn't get. But um, right for a role playing the love interest of Matt Zuckery's character uh, in the upcoming fifth season. I, that would have been a fun role if she had gotten it. Though. It would have been. We have connections to the lady that created that show. Uh, Amy? I know. We'd be like, hey, Amy. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Amy. How are you? Um, so what ha- why did you choose Catherine <laughs> Kim? For a minute can, can, can you recast her for another role because you know we just interviewed her for a hallmark podcast i was wondering if you could recast her for the resident and then we can interview her for the resident as well <laughs> I know. but anyway yeah um so that's about it for this week see y'all next week um Again, we will be reviewing the first two Hallmark movies, which is Christmas in Harmony and Coyote Creek Christmas. Um, Enjoy. Bye, y'all. Bye.